So I asked Scott if he'd be willing to do today. He said yes. And so he'll join us at 8. Now Sportsbooks in Vegas have the Cavaliers as the odds-on favorite to retain LeBron James. I think they're crazy. I'm still staying uh, with uh, I think he goes. I think, honestly, this NBA playoffs proves even more why he has to go. And I believe that the NBA Finals will continue to do that. But we uh, will talk to Scott about that. Not surprised Golden State move forward there. You don't have Chris Paul playing in that game, and you kind of have you know some issues there. Not surprised to see that. It's going to be Cavs-Warriors again. Looking forward to that. Um, I took a beating from some of the $20 million because I tweeted out. like uh, I felt bad for the NASCAR race that night because LeBron James was playing in a Game 7, and I said, just imagine. People were like, you know, not everybody's life revolves around LeBron James. And I was like, well, I'm, nobody made the claim that everybody's life does. But uh, I do know that people who put things on television like to have the television rating, and yeah. that they like to be <laughs> they like to be highly rated. And I know sports fans, and I you know what I mean. And I know that the NBA is going to pull a bigger number when LeBron James is in a Game Seven than NASCAR would. I think honestly, LeBron, that could have been Game Three, and I think it probably would have pulled a better rating than the NASCAR race. NASCAR's really taken a beating recently, correct? Like I think their ratings as a whole are down significantly. So, again, this is one of these things where I hear that and we see it, but but again, people say that about the NFL and that gets printed all the time and then we look more into it and we find out that's not true. I have read very similar articles that say that about NASCAR, but do I know that to be true? I it, it, The truth would be no, I do not, but I tend to believe it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, obviously you can point, point at anything and say, ah, I don't believe that, but I think when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the numbers, I mean, down 42% in ratings and 36% in viewership from 16 to 17, yeah, and so that's, putting, that's pretty significant. Yeah, and putting a book, putting a race up against LeBron James in a Game 7 is probably not your best you know anything? It's not like they wanted to do that by design. It's just it might be time for all of these sports to kind of figure this out together and kind of maybe get all the big wigs in one room and like how do we stay out off of each other's toes here a little bit? And because the networks want to be friends with everybody, they want to air stuff, and so like it might be time for that. What's the incentive as me as the bigger of the brands? Why do I care if I'm on your toes? Well, if anything, I want to be on your toes. It's it's it, yeah. It, I guess it would be the little guy to be like, hey, if you do this, we're willing to do this, and I don't know what the counter would be. Yeah. You're going to have to give me something more than just like, hey, and I won't uh, compete with you. It's like, well, dude, I'm already beating you. So why do well, I mean, maybe it is on the smaller of the sport there to figure <laughs> out where they go. And maybe maybe it's not a communication. Maybe it's just like, you know what? They're going to kind of run this and maybe we'll kind of do this. I mean, the NBA's kind of followed the NFL model, which is get everybody talking about it all year long, not just when we're in season. Get everybody talking about it all year long. And that, I think, has done well for them. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I can't wait to talk to Scott. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. A lot uh, went on this weekend. I uh, finally had some pizza uh, where I watched uh, Game 6 is where that is, and had some pizza. That was, uh, that was excellent. Finally did that. Uh, Fantone was worried I was going to fall back off the wagon if I did that. Ate a couple of things over the weekend. Decided not to go like too crazy. Full on back on uh, the meal plan as of Monday. Did the did the birthday weekend live up to the hype? I mean, was it yeah, everything you yeah. hoped it would be? It was everything I needed it to be. Okay. I didn't. I made no plans. I didn't want to do anything. As uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't even play a ton of golf. I I, ju- I was like, you know, this weekend's going to be swamped out there. Of courses, I get lucky enough to play pretty much any day I want. I'll wait this all out. Now, you know, I'll play again. Uh, you know, next week. So I didn't even do a ton of that. I just relaxed. Honestly, by Sunday I was ready to come back to work. I really was. By Sunday I was like, man, I. Almost wish I had to go to work tomorrow, Yeesh. and then so then, then so then I have Yeesh. Monday and Tuesday. Well, dude, I love what I do. You know what I mean? And I like what I do. And it's that's an, and it's not. I, I say it all the time. If if you would give if I didn't do it 
this early in the morning. If I worked afternoons again, I would never need another vacation in my life ever. I, I don't. I, I don't really like being away from it. it. Stuff happens, and then I'm just like, well, I want to talk about this. Look at everything that's going on. I would do to come on. I got opinions. Get me back in there. Like I, I don't like being away from work that long. I'm going to remember this in about an hour when you're like, damn, dude, are we done yet? Is this over? Can we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, there is. Right. There, there is going to be part of that. I did get a chance to see the new Star Wars movie. Saw Solo. Saw okay. that yesterday morning. Okay. Uh, you'll get you'll get an official review 8:45 this morning. Okay. But I got some thoughts. But Star Wars fans, I got some thoughts. Okay. And at 8.45, we're going to do that. A guy actually asked me yesterday, he goes, why would you review this movie? And I was like, well, why wouldn't I give out my opinion on Star, on, on Star Wars? He's like, I don't get it. Why would you review this movie? I was like, well, because people asked me if I was going to go see it, and I said yes, and they said to me, well, make sure you tell us how it was. I mean, like... That's our job, dude. That's like right. like our opinions are kind of like what we go off of here. The whole thing I don't, we're doing here. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't review the movie. If anything, I kind of feel like, well, Phantom, what are you doing with your life? You haven't seen this movie. Everyone else has seen this movie. Like, maybe right. you should. Like, that's, that's probably the argument the to make. Like, that's that's probably what to say there, dude. That's how I feel about the Avengers. I don't want to see it, but it's almost like, dude, everybody yeah. in the world's had has, has an opinion on this movie and they've at least seen it, and you haven't seen that. That's almost that's weird. I agree with you. How was your weekend? Oh, uh, what was up with my weekend? Kind of uneventful, but very nice, actually. Seemed drunk. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely got hammered drunk. Um, Saturday, nice. Saturday night, we uh, we kind of we kind of got tore tore down in the uh, in the living room there. And that was nice too, man. I mean, not going out and just drinking at home like it was something like, man, we should do this more often. Like going to the bar sucks. Like it's too expensive. Like you have to drive or Uber or do whatever you want to do there. And like it just it is. It's nice to do it at home. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of Uber fees this weekend. The, I uh, the thing I will say about about the homestead is I uh, got into a little scuffle with the uh, with the neighbors over the weekend. Really? There. Yeah, there was a little a little drama in the in the neighborhood right there. Were punches thrown? No, no punches, no kerfuffle, as Keith Kennedy would call it, right there. But um, so like you know, it's Memorial Day weekend, and one of the things that me and my girlfriend said is like, let's let's clean the house up. And when I say clean the house up, I don't mean just mean like wipe off the counters and like I'm saying like, yo, let's go down in the basement and get rid of this crap we don't need. Let's go okay. through these closets and Perch. like get rid of crap. Right. Like it was okay. very much like, so Saturday like we spent like, I would say probably a good eight hours like cleaning Jeez. the house, you know, like taking stuff out, moving stuff around. Do you want this? Is this going to Goodwill? Are we doing anything with this? You know what? No, we're throwing it away. Fine. So there was obviously like a bunch of trash, like sure. like a bunch of trash. And so like I filled up both my trash cans and I was like, all right, well, now I just got a bunch of trash bags here. So I kind of like threw them in the general vicinity of the trash bags there or the trash bins there. And so the next day, Memorial Day come or no, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was Memorial Day. Me and my girlfriend are coming home and we get out of the car and walk through the door and all of a sudden hear like a knocking on the door and this lady, you know, I look out the window and it's my neighbor. And she's like, um, I don't mean to be, you know, inconvenient or anything like that, but, you know, but I'm going to be right now. Can you, can you make sure that like all this stuff isn't on our grass? Because what they have is in between our driveway and their garage, there's a little patch of grass right there. And like, okay, nobody ever does anything with it. I mow it like I'm the one who mows it, but it's their grass. Like I mow it because for them to come out and go around, they would have to go all the way around their garage and outside of their fenced area. So like it's to me, it's just like, well, dude, I don't care. It's an extra two strips of grass there. I'll mow it. So but that's where I had thrown that trash. And they're like, it's killing our grass. And I'm like, are you kidding me, lady? 
But, you know, I'm just like, okay, uh, sure, sure, I'll take care of it. And, like, you know, the trash didn't get picked up till Tuesday, so I just ended up picking up all that trash and just, like, throwing it into the driveway there. But it was like, lady, like, I understand that, like, you as a homeowner don't want your neighbor's trash encroaching into your yard. I get that. At the end of the day, I really do. But this was like, a, are, you, are you serious right now? I mow this grass. You can't see it from your yard. And, like, it's been there for, like, 36 hours at the most. At the most. Like, and I'm just like, bitch, are you, are you kidding me? Like, of all was the she drunk? of all the issues in this neighborhood right now, of the trash that is just flowing through this place like tumbleweeds, dude. I mean, just like tumbleweeds on the southwest side, dude. There's just litter rolling around the place, and you're gonna be like, hey, can you move your trash? Can you move it? I want to not laugh at that, but, but you're so right, dude. dude. I mean, just trash it's, like tumbleweeds. It's so right, dude. Like when I first moved here, they took me to see like three houses up there, and I looked at the realtor, and I just let I said, sweetheart. I know I'm dressed like this because I haven't had a job in a year and a half. <laughs> but if you think I'm living there, you're out of your mind. I was like, what? I was like, no, 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 no. And like, and, and here's the part is they can seduce you. Like, cause it oh, can, yeah. it can be street to street. Like, it can okay, be this like, isn't so bad. Yeah. It can be block to Terrible. block. And the next thing you know, you're in there and you feel like you can't get out. I can't believe, dude. So she was like, Man, because that can get tricky, because what do you do then? Well, because there was a little bit of me that's like, Fantone, you can't be that pissed. She's correct here. Your trash is in her yard. I understand why that's an issue, but it was just very like... You're seriously coming at me with this right now? Like if it had been, if it had been, you know, a month and the trash was stinking, you know what I'm saying? Then maybe you've got something to say here. Dude, neighbors but- can be tricky, dude. I think I saw a guy. Actually, I forgot about this. I I think I saw somebody that had a worse neighbor situation than you. What do you got going on? Here? So I was driving down the street the other day, and I was at the corner of is it Cleveland and Twelfth? Maybe is where okay. I was. And there's an apartment building right there, right next to that place that sells, like, they still sell, like, you cell phones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's right across from a drugstore. Yeah. And um, it's kind of by that ice cream place, okay? Yeah, and it's exactly Cleveland right. and 12th right so there. There's, yep. that, there's that apartment building, and they got those big, like, um, uh, I guess, like, what do they, be like a patio type mm-hmm. thing that hang off the back, right? I look up there, and... Dude, somebody that lives up there has got like full blown workout equipment, like Nautilus free weight, like benches. And next thing I know, I just see weights up and down. Up and down. I look up, dude, and to the right of that, he's got a squat rack up there. The guy had half a lifetime fitness. I'm on the patio, and I just thought to myself, like, A, that's funny, but B, it's funny because I don't live next door oh, to that. Yeah, dude, if you're underneath that, dude, are you kidding me? Um, Imagine that being your neighbor. So, dude, you could have that. I guess. So it kind of sounds like you're getting close to be like, dude, get me the hell out of here. There's come to be a point in my life where I'm like, dude, what am I doing here? And like, here's the thing is like, where am it's I going? What am I going to do? Am I moving to Navarre? Like, what am I talking about here? I want to go be like, well, I'm going to move where there's no neighbors, but then there's no life. There's no like anything. Like, it's a, it's a yeah. tough pick there. It, it is. It really is. And it's a roll of the dice, man. I it's, like, imagine buying a house. Ugh. Right? Because, dude, I, I would want to be in the trees with binoculars for weeks <laughs> looking at all of those freaks up and down there before I take $125,000 to be like, here, every penny I got, put it in this thing, and I have no idea who's squatting next door. Are you kidding me? The thought of that freaks me out. There's something happening in a bunch of relationships between men and women. Well, between men and men and women and women, too, sure. I'm sure. Right? There are things that we do to one another 
in relationships that are going to lead to breakups. You may be doing a lot of this stuff. We're going to find out next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 845 is when I'll uh, walk you through the new Star Wars movie. Solo saw that yesterday morning, 930 uh, as we were off yesterday. I know a lot of people asking me already, what's your take on Roseanne? 7.30, we'll give you our take on that. Okay. There's something going on in relationships right now, and I believe that this is going to lead to... We've seen the divorce rate in this country hover around 51, 52% for a while. I don't think it's dipped below 50 in quite a while, which is a little sad, honestly, when you really sit down and think about it. Um, I know you and I have talked about this before. I, I, I don't believe people go into it um, expecting to get divorced, but I do believe certain people go into marriages going, eh, you know what, if this doesn't work out, I can get divorced because it's no longer like the stain on you that it used to be. Yeah, and I'm right in the middle with that where like, yes, I will agree with you that it's like kind of sad that like 50% of divorces or marriages end in divorce. I understand why... Why 30, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, it was like sometimes divorces were necessary and it was for the best thing. I mean, so many people put themselves through hell in a relationship they shouldn't be in where it's like, dude, divorce is an option. But you are right where people uh, maybe a little too quick to pull the trigger. This is overcorrecting the steer, which is what I've always talked about, which I yes, I believe there are people who had they stuck it out and actually done the work and work through those problems that they would have been better people and been in a better relationship on the other side of that versus getting divorced. The problem is is that you cannot apply that logic across all relationships because there are too many variables in them. So what I like I'm saying is that you can't say what I just said to people who were being like physically beat in those relationships. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so like there's no one rule, but there is something that's ruining us in relationships and this is this is another one of these new terms that kind of comes out, and it's going to sound stupid the moment you hear it, but it's it's really not when they start to list what it is. Now, it's a pretty wide umbrella, and a lot of things fit underneath it, but micro-cheating is something that's happening in relationships. Now, I know these terms kind of sound stupid. They sound silly, and oh my God, a blogger needed to fill inches, and I'm normally this guy, right, who kind of tells you about that kind of stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, some failed writer needed to, you know, get their thing into, you know, Vox, so, you know, they make something sound worse than it is. But when you start to really think about what micro cheating is, a lot of us do it and we don't think honestly what's happening is all that wrong. And it can be as simple as this. And this to me does sound like massive cheating if if I'm being honest because it proves that you're trying to hide something, which is if you have somebody's contact stored in your phone underneath a fake name, that that is considered to be micro cheating. Now if you ask me, I think that's cheating. If you're worried about the way people are listed in your phone, it's because you're hiding something. You are trying to hide it. I think a lot of people are going to get caught up in the technicalities of a lot of this, where it's like, well, it's not cheating unless I'm having penetrative sex with the Again, person. that's why we create terms like micro-cheating. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's, that's not cheating, therefore I can do that. Yeah, anytime you start to hide stuff, you know you're doing something wrong. Exactly You, right. you know you are. Messaging a former relationship partner. Even if it's not about meeting up with them, if you're texting people flirty emojis like hearts and that kind of stuff, 
or if you are constantly or even on the regular checking an ex's Facebook and or Instagram profile that essentially that those are going to be things. Now, again, I said this is a little bit of a wide umbrella. And I don't know if checking Facebook and Instagram profiles is is micro cheating. I know that if you're constantly doing it, it, you're showing an inability to move forward that I think is then probably not giving you the best you know, shot at your new relationship. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, if you keep looking at, if you keep going back to, you're showing at the very least, I don't want to say a desire to still be with that person, but like, you're showing, you're not being faithful to the relationship that you're in right now, and like, yeah, that's definitely a problem. It can be something that we're talking micro-cheating here. They say, as simple as repeatedly liking someone's post on Instagram or commenting on somebody's Facebook. So much of human relationship has moved online so that therefore this is exact. This is like having they're saying essentially that liking somebody's Facebook post every day is you might as well meet up and have coffee with them because essentially what is the difference? Yeah, I mean, especially if this is every day, because I know there's people out there who are like, well, so what? I can I can never like my ex-girlfriend's Facebook post ever again. It's one if it's, it's if it's one thing where it's like, hey, this just happened to pop up in my timeline. I'm happy for her. Like, good. She's got something good happening in her life. Hey, I'll give you that like. But if you're going through every single day commenting, doing stuff, yeah, yeah that you might as well. Now, I'm not in a relationship right now. But I would admit that in previous relationships, I under these guidelines, I have micro-cheated for sure. And one further, I will tell you that I am currently, yeah, I guess I'm helping two different people kind of micro-cheat on their partner right now. There is a woman who I will message with, and it's daily pretty much. And I know she's in a relationship. And we don't talk about being in a relationship together or running away together, this and that. But we just have some similar likes and interests. And so we will comment. We will go back and forth with each other on those things. She has obviously found me through the program. And it's kind of one of those things. But in the back of my mind, I do kind of know. What are you really doing here? What is it you're trying to do here? And as part of this, and it would, and I would be, it, this is undeniable. Part of this for her has to be that you are getting male attention positively that maybe you aren't re-getting somewhere else. And that's what you're really getting out of this versus just talking to me about your day and what's going on. And because she's made more than one reference to it where it's like, ah, should I really? And it's like, well, look, if, if so, you send me this message, I'm going to say something to you. But it's not we don't you know what I mean? Like, it's not of a flirtatious nature at all. Yeah, but if- but it's still something that. I don't think, like, I wouldn't want my wife to do it. Right. I was going to say, and that's kind of where you have to put it through is like, well, would you want your partner doing this? Especially when you look at it from the sense of like. The answer is no. You, would you continue this conversation as much with a male listener? Or would you be like, okay, hey, you like Star Wars too. That's great, bro. Perfect. (sighs) Well, there are a few. So I mean, you feel like on this on this level, like yeah, because like that guy, the one guy Dwayne, that kind of pisses me off a little bit. Like I talk to him every day. As a matter of fact, he was the first person I talked to after I saw Solo. I guess the better question: Would she is she is she having this Star Wars conversation with other Star Wars people, or is this with you exclusively? Because this is the MCU. That I don't that I don't know. But my guess is is that it's probably the ends to me. Yeah, and I don't know if this is about Star Wars or whatever. But like that concept of like, we take your point. I would say that 
I'd be real careful. Like, I don't know if I would consider my girlfriend cheating on me if she was liking Instagram posts. But if you are, but if she had a, if she had a guy's name stored in her phone under a fake name, it's like, bitch, I know what that is. That dude, that's on the down low. Everybody knows what that means. I think this goes back to, you know, is it cheating? No, it's not necessarily cheating. But if you're liking that well, dude's picture every time, at the end of the day, what it boils down to for me and kind of how I run my relationship and kind of how I think it should be is that like, if I wouldn't want you doing this to me. Then I'm not going, I'm to, not do going to do it to you. And I wouldn't want my girlfriend doing any of these things to me. So I'm not going to do it to her. So if your girlfriend, if you were to find out she looked at like an ex's Facebook profile three times a week, is that going to be a problem three for you? Three times a week, every week. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's going to be like it, what, what's happening here. Now, is it, now would it, is it different for you if she is seeking out that profile or if she just stops on it as she's scrolling? Is that the same thing? Well, if it shows up in your timeline and it's like, okay, what are you going to do there? But no, if you're actively going out and like, If hey, you're typing the name in the search bar, right, I think it's different. Right, I right. do. No, okay. 100% there. All right, okay. Cause if, but again, if you're seeing something in your timeline, isn't that just their, their algorithm showing you things they know you kind of want to see exactly. or, that, or that you normally pay attention to? So is it really that different? I don't know. But I, what do you think the, what do you, listening right now, people in committed relationships that, that are guilty of some form of micro cheating? 80, right? I was going to say 50 plus. So 80 is not out of that ballpark. Oh, I think it's way north of 50. If, 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 if it's under 80, I could see it, but I think it's closer to 70 than it is 50. I would say that. I think it's well north of 50. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Have Slayer tickets, Anthrax, Testament, and Behemoth all part of that June 7th out of Blossom. That's a big show, man. That is, dude. Behemoth is a band I really, really dig. A lot of cans of Budweiser at that one, dude. Yeah, I would think. I'll tell you that much right now. Jack right. Daniels, a lot of it sold that I night. I would think, yes. Yes, I would think so. Actually, I'm pretty sure when we had Slayer at the Agora, it was one of our biggest bar nights ever. I believe it. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> we have since beat, have beaten that record from what I, uh, from what I've been told. But Slayer, up until that point, they had held the record. Hell, dude, just Fishhead alone, I'm sure, was enough to put a serious yeah. bet in that son of a bitch. I, dude, would, I would imagine so. Marb Reds rolled up in the sleeve, ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. Dude, speaking of shows, you know what I went to over the weekend? What, uh, what is that? Monday night, actually. I, uh, which I guess is no longer the weekend, but Memorial Day night, I, I actually went to, uh, went to Def Leppard and Journey. And uh, I, I didn't know prior. I had seen the set list, so I knew what was going to be played, but I wasn't sure until I looked at my actual physical ticket on who was going to open. And okay. Journey was listed first on the ticket, which means you probably headline, right? And I was kind of up in the air on that. Like, I love Journey, but Def Leppard feels... I think Journey was bigger in the three years that they were the biggest band on the planet than Def Leppard was. I think probably by now, Def Leppard has moved more units of albums. Def Leppard feels bigger to me, but hold on. It's because they're still considered to be rock radio and where we work. Where Journey, maybe not so much. That's more like your mom's rock and roll. Yeah, if I worked at a top 40, would I feel a little bit different? If I, at a, I think maybe. At a hot AC. Coming up next, we got a little bit of Faithfully. Girl can't help it. Next. Right. Now, I'm a bigger Journey fan than I am Def Leppard. I love both bands, but I, I really like, I really like both. But Def Leppard opened the show, and it was not the right call. 
they were far superior. I'm not surprised. Journey has sold 48 million albums in the U.S. Okay. Death Leopard, over 100 million in oh, the wow. U.S. Wow. Wow. That's not worldwide. Those are U.S. sales. Still, but. That's, that's pretty big. Right? And Def Leppard should have headlined that show. Like, I was... All right. My tickets were not good. First and foremost. I was in the very last row of the queue. I mean, the very last one. Back up against the wall. Loudville there, okay. Which, honestly, had I known that before I went, this is how spoiled I am, wouldn't have went. Would have given away the ticket. The only thing I'll say about queue shows is it almost doesn't matter where you sit unless you that sit... That is true. Unless you sit Side really behind good. It, right. If you sit really good, then it's like, okay, well then, yeah, this was worth the money. But my thing with that is it's almost like whether you're back row all the way up against it or somewhere lower in the bowl, it's kind of just like, dude, you're watching the big screen. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. I was so far back, you couldn't even really see that because the lighting rack was almost in your way of the screen behind the That's stage. Pretty far back. Now, though. luckily for me, it was... We were in the last row, but looking straight at the stage. We weren't on the side or anything okay. like that. So you actually had a, a decent view. Okay. And Def Leppard sounded amazing. I mean, they sounded amazing. And they were really good. Looked good. Sang great. Sounded good. Everything was good. Had the crowd going. Dude, they had so many songs. So many hits. <laughs> like, good Lord. I'm looking through the catalog right now. And it's so like, many hits. Jeez, dude. They have a ton of like, songs. Like, they left the stage and it was like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this that you didn't do? Right? And it's because of how good Def Leppard is. And it's because of how long they've been out there and how many yeah. hits they do have. Right? And so I knew I was leaving early all show long. I was like, dude, I got an hour drive. You know what I mean? I came because my friends wanted to go. If I'm being honest, I didn't even really want to go. I just decided I would go. And I like Journey a lot. And dude, they came out and they were bad. I mean, dude, they they didn't sound good. And here's what everybody's going to say. Well, it's fake Journey. Without Steve Perry, it's fake Journey. And I get that there's an argument for that. I don't share your argument. I have seen Journey with Arnell before, and they were awesome. So this, what I'm saying is, is that I've liked Arnell live at a Journey show before, so he was not the reason they didn't sound good. Their sound guy was asleep at the wheel. And I'm almost... I almost think it was ego. I almost think Neil Schoen, who's the lead guitar player, told the sound guy, just make sure people can hear me. As long as they can hear the guitar, which is such a strange... And that's always been the rumor, that Neil Schoen, and the reason why Steve Perry's not in the band is those two can't get together, and it's because Neil's got this huge ego, which I don't understand. He's a phenomenal player, but your music, your band is not defined by your guitar playing. It's not. You're a great guitar player, and every country artist in the history of country music has ripped Neil Schoen and, honestly, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers completely off. Like that, it's all they did was rip Neil Schoen off, right? So you deserve your place, but you are not. Devi- that band is defined by Steve Perry's vocals. So what I'm saying is, dude, the ego maybe shouldn't be this far out of whack if that's what happened here. But they just didn't sound good, and I left like four or five songs in. I was like, I, I just, I can't even do it. Like I know you're not playing my favorite song, which is Mother Father. They, I knew it wasn't on the set list. I looked for a week, it wasn't on the set list. It's not. They haven't played it any stop this tour, so I knew they weren't playing my favorite song. So you already have that. And now on top of that, it's like you come out and I get it. Arnell's wearing the the, the Braun jersey, and it's like, all right, we'll we'll pretend we're your best friend while we're on stage. And I get it. That's what artists do. But dude, they just didn't sound good. Like it wasn't good. 
As far as people making, and I didn't know this was the case here, but as far as people making like the fake journey argument, why are they why are they headlining that? You know what I mean? Like if that's if that's the case, and I, I did not know that the singer of Journey is not in Journey anymore, then y- y- it's not even. Cl- I mean, first of all, record sales alone, Def Leppard, the much bigger band. But like, if if you don't have the, if you don't have the full ensemble, what do we what do we? How's that even a debate? I I, I agree. It was one of those things where on my way to the show, I was like, ah, you could flip a coin here and have either one headline. They were both huge acts. But then being there and watching Def Leppard, and honestly, without their one of their lead guitar players, Phil Collin, who just had to like pull off the, I think because of health, they had a guy step in on like two days' notice, and he nailed it. Like, And they were really good. I mean, like, re- dude, Def Leppard, I even tweeted it out. I said, dude, I'm, legit- I'm legitimately impressed with Def Leppard right now. Now, you got to think about how many shows I've been to in my life. Thousands, thousands, if not more. I mean, dude, more. And I was like, wow, dude, Def Leppard is really good. They should have headlined that night for sure. They were really, really good. And I was a little let down by Journey because I love that band. And it wasn't Arnell's fault. It's not his fault. That kid can flat out sing. And there's a reason why Journey, one of the biggest bands ever, hired him to do it. It's because they know he can sing it. They found he was in a Journey cover band. It's not, it wasn't his fault. It was something, honestly, with the tech and behind the board where it just did not sound good. And I felt a little bad for people. I was like, dude, if you paid all this money to come see Journey, I felt bad for you. But Def Leppard carried that show on their shoulders. I felt like they were awesome. Demarius Randall, a Cleveland Brown, has allowed his mouth and his social media accounts to write a check. And he's praying it doesn't have to cash. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Coming up at 8, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We should uh, ask him this. As uh, new Browns player, Demarius Randall, got himself into, uh, I don't want to say hot water, but definitely in the crosshairs of social media fans of Cleveland sports teams. And not about the Browns. Surprising. No, no, no. He got himself in trouble over uh, over the Cavaliers. Demarius Randall did. He tweeted out, if the Cleveland Cavaliers win, win the 2018 NBA Finals, I'll buy everyone who retweets this a jersey. Okay? Then another, like, account, Cleveland Strikes Back is, is was the account, like, quote tweeted it and said, zero chance he'll deliver on this. And then Demarius Randall doubled down and said, 100% chance that I come through on this. Given the opportunity there to back out and be like, oof, dude, what did I just say? Because sometimes we all need that. We need that back door of like, wait a second, maybe this wasn't the best idea, but he doubled down on it, okay? He doubles down, says 100% chance, right? Now, I believe Demarius Randall is in is of the same belief most people are, which is the Golden State Warriors are going to burn through the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I feel like he feels like I'm not going to have to come through on this. But what I would warn Demarius Randall and myself is when you got the greatest player playing today on your team, you can't rule it out. You cannot rule out LeBron James winning the NBA Finals. I don't think he will. I don't think the chances are all that good. And as a matter of fact, I think the potential for them to look silly is actually very, very high. However, you cannot rule it out that LeBron could pull this off. Yeah, it would take a lot. 
but I'm not willing to bet that kind of money that not it's not that going kind of to happen. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can, you know, you can obviously look at the Vegas sports books right now, and there's a million different bets where you're like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. But that one, that's a, dude, that's a big ass bet you're making right there. And I don't know, it, 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 for as safe as it feels, it doesn't feel that safe. Doesn't feel that safe to me. No, no, no. And I'm a guy who likes to bet things. I love to bet sports. As a matter of fact, I bet all these games over the last couple of weeks on that whole thing. I love it. Right. But Fantone did some math for us here. And right now, if I'm looking at this correctly, Demarius Randall's Twitter, his tweet was retweeted 657,000 times. <laughs> so Fantone has done the math and is shaking it out at $50 per jersey. And that's conservative. If you're buying an NFL jersey, most of them are running for 100 bucks, like a Nike Real jersey is running a hundred bucks, probably a little bit more than a hundred even. Now, if you're buying those cheap knockoff kind of like you can grab them at any big box store jerseys, from thirty-five to fifty, right? So call it fifty bucks right there. It's a lot of money, dude. And according to your math, that shakes out to be thirty-two million dollars. A lot of money, dude. Thirty-two million dollars. Now, I don't know the finances of one Demarius Randall. But I know the finances of a lot of professional sports athletes, and it's not as high as we think it is, and I'm guessing he does not have $32 million. I, I, I don't know what his contract is either, but if he had a $32 million contract over like three or four years, that sounds appropriate to me, where it's like, oh, okay, that's probably where an NFL player, some middle-of-the-run, you know, middle-of-the-pack dude is, is, is going to come in. Sure. It's a three-year okay. contract, I you like know, it. $36 million. If, if, if the Cavaliers are to win this, that dude would essentially be giving up. And, and now, don't get me wrong, he might... You know, the NFL might be like, you know what, Demarius, we'll cut you a deal. Here's $5 jerseys or here's $10 jerseys you can give these people. But if this dude ends up having to cough up this, I mean, dude, that's a huge amount of money. Huge amount. He also tweeted out, I'm glad the Cavs made it to the final so I can watch Curry light that, as he say, light that bitch up games three and four. Mm. So I don't know if he's talking about LeBron Mm. or if he's just talking about the team... Now, I believe he's from the Golden State, from like the Oakland area. And this is his home team. He said, look, if the Rockets would have beaten my Warriors, I would be totally down to root for the Cavs to beat Houston. I'm okay with like a professional athlete being from a town and going, no, dude, I'm a Golden State fan. Like I may play here in Cleveland if they're playing, because this is what I would want to be able to do. I work in the radio, right? You don't always work in your hometown. As a matter of fact, most guys on the radio don't. Right. So what I would want is like, let's say the company like decided like Stansbury, we hate you. We're sending you to Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. Okay. I would want to be able to say there and have that audience respect it. Like, yeah, go Steelers unless you're playing the Browns. Right. Like, what's crazy about that? Um, you know, obviously Cavaliers versus Warriors is a rivalry, not just another opponent there. Heating up, yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, do I think this guy should be able to cheer for the Warriors if he wants to? Yes, of course. Um, I, if it's me and I'm coming into a, a new team like this, am I probably shutting up about it? Probably. Am I going to be a little bit less like, yo, dude, uh, you know, Warriors all day? Like, yeah, probably. Especially like considering that you're on the crappiest team in in the, in the in in you know in the area. I'd probably play my cards differently than like being in your face about it. But I'm not going to fault the dude. You should be able to cheer her who you want to cheer for. Chris tweets in and says, "I'm pretty sure Demarius Randall's contract is not over two million dollars per year." Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, he may have wrote a check here. That he can't cash. Now, 
Again, I believe he believes that Golden State's going to manhandle the Cavaliers, and so do most people, so he probably won't have to deal with it. And, but how, how logistically, like, how would this happen? Like, okay, Game 7, Cavs win. It, it, before tip-off of Game 1, is he cutting it off and he knows exactly who did and did not retweet at that point? No, of course not. So, like, just to have this happen, I mean, I, I, how would you even do this? Yeah, executing it is a nightmare. Send me, send me your name and phone number and, and address, and I'll mail it to you. It's a logistical nightmare. Do I get to pick my size? Do I get to pick my player? Are these Browns jerseys? Are the Cavs jerseys? What what do I got here? Yeah, that was a little unclear, too, which jersey we would be going with. My guess is it would be Cavaliers jerseys because that's what we're betting on. Now, I know you can make the argument, well, no, he means Browns jersey because he plays that sport. But in the end, if he's a Warriors fan, I would much rather have him have to spend his money on Cavaliers merchandise, wouldn't you? That's what I would much rather have him spend his money on. I don't think he's going to have to spend it anyway. I, I'm with Demarius Randall. I think Golden State wins and wins easy. But I think I. But you can't rule LeBron out. You can't. And I've been saying all year they can't win the title. I've been saying it all year. You cannot. That th- this team cannot win the title. But I'm telling you right now, <laughs> as a guy who likes to bet sports, it's LeBron in a championship series, dude. And I'm worried about that. And I'm wor- I, I, I would be worried about betting against him. It's LeBron in a championship, much like Game 7. I got LeBron and, dude, they gave me LeBron and points. Two and a half. And I was like, dude, this is money in the bank. It's LeBron in a Game 7 to go to the finals and I get points? Cavs have a, a hell of a mountain in front of them right now. There's no question about that. Huge. But like, and they're playing with a little bit of house money right now because I think anybody with half a brain recognizes the Warriors are the better team. Um, but... LeBron woke up today knowing that the greatest story in sports history lies in front of him. Yeah, and uh, dude, I, I, it's hard hard to bet against that. I, I agree. Hard Look, to bet I, that. I agree. And I think if this team was even this much better, because the Warriors look more beatable than they ever have, which is crazy when you think about it. For how short time this team's been together, they look beatable. And if I feel like if the Cavaliers were just this much better, you know, like if a healthy Kyrie Irving was playing with us, I think maybe, dude, you have a chance. So I can't. I, I am very nervous about laying money against LeBron James in this series. I don't think they win it, but betting against LeBron is much. And I know Tom Brady just lost the Super Bowl. It's like betting against Brady in a Super Bowl. It just feels like stupid money. Dude, I'll bet on Tom Brady for this year's Super Bowl. I, exa- you know what I mean? We'd like, bet it right course. now, right? We'd bet it today, of course. We'd bet it today, exactly right. Everybody's been asking us, what's your opinion on this whole Roseanne issue? So we're going to lay it out for you, and that will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com and about to uh, wade into this Roseanne mess. And I saw a lot of this. When people were like, dude, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I understand that when things happen. And I appreciate that as when something happens, if you think about this program and what will be said on it, that that's actually what we're trying to do here. Yeah. But this one's pretty easy. And I want to make sure I stay consistent on this. Okay. Um, I don't want to get bogged down in should. Should Roseanne be removed? Should, should, should. Because what do I always say? Adults don't care about shoulds. Shoulds are for kids. I care about what will be's. And you had to know when you read the tweet what was going to happen, that she would be removed from her show. 
Now, I know some people thought she's too powerful. It's the biggest thing ABC has right now. They're not going to risk it. And what I would tell you is they're not going to risk the rest of their network on this one thing. And you had to see this coming. For those of you that don't know, I'll paraphrase. Roseanne had talked about a woman, I believe her name is Valerie Jarrett, who had worked, I believe, with the Obama uh, administration. And she related this woman's looks to an ape. Um, This woman is, of course, a minority. And so you know where the problem and that lies. Okay, now people can say whatever they want. Right. This is not a First Amendment issue. She is employed by people that by stakeholders. And you know what I mean? They got dude. There's they got people to answer to. They got corporations to answer to. Everybody's answering to somebody. Right. And I always tell you this. And that's why I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Your First Amendment doesn't mean what you think it means. It just means that the government can't come to your house, put handcuffs on you, and throw you in jail over what you've said. That is the extent of what the First Amendment means for you. Which, by the way, if you do value your First Amendment right, you should go home today, turn on Netflix, and watch The Most Hated Woman in America. Because that was an interesting view. That's a really good story. And that movie was pretty well done. But you had to know Roseanne was going to get fired from this. You had to know it. As soon as you saw the tweet, you had to know and which begs this question. She's now blaming Ambien. Hilarious. We know this wasn't Ambien. This is who Roseanne is. There are, like, I guess somebody went through her account. There's like 10 of these where she has done this before, where she has related the looks of, of minority women to apes. This is not something new. This didn't fall out of the Ambien sky, Roseanne. We're too smart for that. And we don't even need we don't even need memories because we got screenshots and retweets and we don't need to remember back far enough anymore. So again, I'm not going to get bogged down in the shoulds because I don't care about what should happen. I care about what will happen. And you knew she was going to get removed from this. So getting angry about it almost seems ridiculous. Um, have you ever have you ever taken Ambien? Yes. I don't remember anything. It like, can do weird stuff to you. I, I've never had that experience. It can do weird things to you. I know people who have done weird things. I've seen um, you know, women I was in relationships with be prescribed it, take it, and find them in the middle of the living room, in the middle of the night, doing weird things. It happens. Functionality of, like, would you be able to tweet with something like that happening? I have definitely seen somebody in my house moving around and operating, and I was under the belief that they were fully blown awake, and they were not. Okay. It okay. can happen. I do not believe that is what has happened here. Okay. Because in order to believe that, I would need to believe that this is what's happened every time she's tweeted something like this. Yeah, I just didn't know if like a coherent thought was possible can, in that. Okay. People drive. I okay. mean, people drive to the store. People okay. make full-blown dinners at 4 a.m. Okay. I mean, a bunch of weird stuff has happened with Ambient. It has never affected me that way. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, that is not a ringing endorsement for Ambien. I mean, I know I know a lot of people are like, dude, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. But, dude, if that's what's happening to you. Oh, that drug's been at the center of murder trials where yeah. people were like, dude, I took it and shot my wife. And we were like, wow, did you shoot your wife and then want to blame it on Ambien? Now, there is going to be a double standard here because people are going to point to Joy Reid, right, who had blog posts saying horrific things about gay men, about the LGBTQ community, and she claimed she was hacked, and of course she was not hacked. She wrote this stuff. It was on her blog from the early 2000s. The blog's no longer online because, well, we don't need blogs anymore because everybody's got Twitter. But Joy Reid still has a job. There's going to be double standards in this, and that's not okay. 
So if that's your take today that Roseanne shouldn't, that if Roseanne's going to lose her job, then Joy Reid should too. I'm fine with that, but that needs to be the standard that both people go. Not or I, this is what I'll tell you that that will be the standard that both people go, not both people stay. You see what I'm saying? They're going to look to move. If your argument's that it's got to be fair, it's still going to be you lose your job over saying these things. We're just going to make sure everybody does. Yeah, I mean that's consistency. I mean, if you have a problem with the if you have a problem with what was said in both cases here, now I think some people are going to make the argument of like, well, I didn't necessarily have a problem with what she said. To what Roseanne said. Correct. Okay, well, that's a little crazy. I mean... Here's what I'm going to tell you. And I know this is going to sound crazy when you think about who the president is and what he says on Twitter. But if you can no longer, America, you're not the president. So just let that one go. You're not the president. And even celebrities, you're not the president. So the rules are going to be different. Okay? If you don't think that we have come far enough to where if you cannot have an opinion without demeaning somebody or using an insult to lay out your opinion, you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. Is Should this be appropriate? Is this appropriate? And I'm telling you right now that if you can't engage in discourse without going lowest common denominator, you are going to lose your job because of it. That's where we are headed. As a matter of fact, I think mostly we're here. I've uh, I've seen plenty of people make the argument online. Well, this this can't be racist. Ted Nugent was one of the people who said this. This can't be racist. She's why ta- because she was talking about a movie and she was talking about a religion. Neither one of those things are a race. Can't be racist. One more time. I'm sorry. Can't be racist because what she said was she said if the uh, the uh, nation of Islam had a child with the Planet of the Apes equals VJ Valerie Jarrett Valerie Jarrett so you know and Ted Nugent is the one who made this argument well how could that be racist you're talking about a movie and you're talking about a religion therefore there is no race to that religion okay again this is where we're trying to nitpick terminology and we have to admit in this country we do misuse words and we and we apply words that mean okay it may not be racist is it bigoted Am I allowed to say that? Can I say that? And and is, is essentially that's what people are saying is we're using racist to mean bigoted. And this is just like we just don't apply words as properly as we should. All of us, myself included, my hand is fully raised. I mean, I mean, if I said I hate Jews, you could you're a racist. I think that's within like bounds of saying that's a you know anti-Semitic and bigoted. But yes, to me, even though it's not a race, it's it's in the same vein. One of the things that's really kind of confused me about this is why did you go for essentially a low-level Obama advisor. Okay. Why, like, Valerie Jarrett, like, prior to this, I didn't even know who this chick was. Like, I had zero clue that this person was even a thing. Like, what are, we, what are we talking about This is here? interesting. This is. This is an interesting point Fantone's bringing up because he is an engaged political person, meaning, dude, that he spends most of his day reading news sites and blogs, reading comment sections. He's involved. He wants to know what's going on and had no idea who this woman was. No that's, idea. That's a very interesting point. No idea. You are right about that, but I think it lends credibility to my point. And audience, you are going to laugh hysterically at what I'm going to say next because it sounds so crazy to you. I think there's a chance Roseanne did this on purpose to be let go. Okay. 
No, it doesn't sound crazy to me. But. Of course not, because you're on the radio and you do shows and you yeah. know what it's like. Guys, I'm telling you, sometimes there are days, and if, and I'm going to admit this to you, and it's how you know I'm telling you the truth, because I'm about to lay myself right in front of a bus and run my ass right over, that this is one of the most unprofessional things you could do with a situation like this. But there are days where it's like, you know what? I've had enough. And you know what? If I say this, maybe it's done. Maybe it's over. Maybe this is a bridge too far. Or maybe if I tweet this. There are times where you honestly, where having everything you want makes you want to torpedo it. It does. And there could also be an angle here with Roseanne of, be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. Those things don't fall out of the sky. They're, they're based on something. And I think maybe there's a possibility she got everything she wanted, it came back, and she was like, you know what? The climate's different now. And it's not as enjoyable to do this now as it used to be. Not as enjoyable, but I mean, certainly very successful. Lucrative. I mean... But again, she had enough money to withstand it. Right. This isn't like the fifth person down on the list of Roseanne. This is Roseanne. She's got enough money. She could go away the rest of her life. This is much like, why would I do this? Now, here's the other thing I keep saying. You know who I feel bad for? Is that? I feel bad for everybody else. It's the oh. grips and craft services. <laughs> okay. okay. First of all, no, you don't. You don't feel bad for those people at all. You big fat liar. You're a liar. Second of all, Roseanne was the biggest thing on ABC, right? Yeah. Meaning those grips and craft services people are really good at what they do. So they're going to land another crappy sitcom on ABC yeah. to serve nachos at and to hang microphones on. Yeah. They're going to be just fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I guess of all the points we could talk about with this, that has been very like, okay. Those people are going to be just fine, but that's the new thing now. Again, there is therein lies what I'm always talking about with social media. There's a little fake morality. Oh my God, the nacho person on Roseanne. What are they going to do? This is very much like if the players protest, what about the parking lot attendants? It's like you don't care about the parking no, you lot don't. guy. You don't. you don't care about the beer guy. And you don't care about the grips or the craft services people on Roseanne either. This is fake morality. Run amok on social media and it drives me crazy. Now here's one last point on this and then I kind of want to move forward from Roseanne. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're going to have to tackle it again uh, yeah, in the probably, show for yeah, sure. There's no it. doubt about it. It's a big enough story, right? But what I will say is this. Celebrities, wake up. Get off of social media right now. What are you doing? This is what I think happens long term, that you will start to see more and more celebrities pull back from their social media, meaning they won't give you opinion anymore. What they're going to give you is promotion and promotion only. Right? Here's when the movie comes out. Here's when I'm going to be on The Tonight Show. Here's this. And then what will happen is it will take a year or two, maybe a little bit more of that, and you're going to realize, why am I following this celebrity on Twitter? They never tell me anything except for when the movie's coming out, and the commercial between the NBA Finals tells me that. I don't need the Twitter account. And then you're going to pull back from there, and when the movers and shakers are no longer on these social media platforms, then you won't want to be on them either. We are going to start to see, I believe, the, the, the self-eating and destruction of this stuff because of what's happening. You don't think all over Hollywood today agents are having conversations with mid-level actors going, what are you doing? You really want to be the next one of this? You're not Roseanne, dude. You can't withstand this. You don't have enough money. 
And so, dude, they're, they're going to start to knock out the knees of the middle level of this. And before you know it, we're all going to be watching some TV show, probably in the palm of our hand. I love 2018. And some comedian of the day is going to be like, these idiots used to go online and tell everybody every last thought that went through their head the moment it happened and thought it was going to be good. I believe that that is coming. I also will admit that that is me praying for that because I'm sick and tired of this stuff, and it's starting to get really annoying. That the the three major stories I have today for the rundown were all Twitter based over people getting in trouble on Twitter. How long do you think that that can be the reality and have people still lining up at the trough to do this stuff? I don't think very long. More Stansberry show around the corner. Guess, hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show. In summertime, it is officially upon us. And let me tell you something. No matter what you have planned for this summer, whether it's going camping, going out on the beach, maybe out on the boat, going swimming, whatever you want to do for summertime fun, it is going to be a lot easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. Which is why I want you to talk to the good people at the Roholt Vision Institute. They're the people who did my LASIK surgery two years ago, man, and I'm seeing it. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106. 8.30, we'll pass out those Slayer tickets. Anthrax, Testament, Behemoth, all on that bill. June 7th, Blossom. We'll get you into that. Wow, is that good. It's a good show. That's a really good one. I love Behemoth. Testament's great, too. Anthrax, and then Slayer? Mm -hmm. Jesus. Dude, that's a monster show. I wanted to move forward from Roseanne, um, but I, I... I want to clear a few things up. People are asking me a couple of questions via Twitter, ironically, where this all started from. Um, Is there any link between what happened with Roseanne here and the new NFL rule? And my take on that is, is the link is, is that your, that your employer has the right to dictate behavior of you. And that if you are going to be on social media, that you are then going to be perceived to be a spokesperson for your place of employment while doing that. No matter what it is you put in your bio, these tweets are mine and do not represent. If you think that's going to protect you from HR, you're crazy. Yeah, I would love to know the the, the legal uh, you know ramifications of putting all opinions are my own does not represent Rock 106.9. I'd love to know how that holds up in the court of law there. I would, I'd love to see it. But um, the thing I will say about that in the NFL thing. Um, you're right. Your employer has the ability to do that. And I, but I think this is just a, a, at the very least a point of hypocrisy for people because there's some people who pointed at the, you know the NFL players not being allowed to kneel anymore and said oh, it's a First Amendment right. Well, if you feel that about that, you could probably make the assumption that you feel that way about Roseanne, but you didn't. But there's plenty of people who are like, well, Roseanne should be able to say whatever she want. We well, didn't say that same thing about Colin Kaepernick. Right. So inconsistencies on both sides. It points out that for yeah, sure. I, I saw that a lot. She didn't say it on the show. It's like, you don't, that's not the standard anymore. That was the standard in the America you grew up in. But when new things enter the conversation, then we change reactions too. It's just the way it's going to be. Show's always on. Show's always, always on. It's always just the on. way, yes, it's exactly right. That's the, that's a good way to say it. Another one I saw here was, well, you know, Bill Maher called Donald Trump an orangutan, right? Because the orange factor there and the orangutans kind of have the orange hair there and that, like that kind of thing. Here's what I'm going to say, is that those are similar yet very different. It's in the similar vein, except for the differences, is that, dude, linking minorities to apes has long been a form of racism, and we know that. And we know what the intention is to say that. Where I think the other thing is an observation, it's not in great taste, but it is just an observation. I got to ask this, what about people who believe in evolution? Do they view the tweet as racist? Again, 
The, the tweet is, or the implication is, is that if you link them to apes, is that they're not fully evolved. Yeah. Meaning that evolution didn't fully take place. Meaning that's where the that's where the bad part of the tweet is. I mean, do people? I, I guess to me, it's like, do you not know that? But I guess it, whether whether it's by design, you don't want to know that, or like, well, pff, can't be racist. But yeah, dude, the implication is apes, black people, then white people. Like that's 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 the implication. Like, can you look? Can you look up for me real quickly whether or not Keith Olbermann is still working for the television network? I had last heard he wasn't, but I hear I, and I again I don't know if this is screenshot or not, or if this is is photoshopped or not. But apparently Keith Olbermann had once tweeted "F you at real Donald Trump Nazi Nazi F Nazi Nazi racist Nazi bigot go f yourself Nazi this and that." Now Olbermann's a little bit of a wild card, and I could see him doing it. But this also reads like a Photoshop to me, and I don't remember. Now if he has a job over that, that's not great. Okay, great. Goes back to Bill Maher, where I can't believe that dude still has a job. Can't believe it. Like literally, like are you kidding after me, what he, dude? After what he said, I'm a house enter and like had that <laughs> dust up earlier this year. Can't and believe it. Had some other things happen. I am surprised Bill Maher still has a job. Now I love Bill and I enjoy his show, but I am surprised that 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 he's withstood that. And I would admit, conservatives make no mistake about what I'm saying here. Are liberals better at this? Are they better at job hunting than you? And are they better at, at, at like whipping up the online fever to remove you? Yes. They are way better at this than you. But here's what you got to do. Stop fighting for this not to be the way the war is going to be fought because you're never going to win that fight. Start getting better at this. And by being better at it means you can't do it. But we, but everybody goes to this. I'm telling you right now, and this isn't even celebrity. Guys, I'm telling you, I read what you guys say to me. I also read what you guys say about clients of mine when things get posted. If you don't think sooner or later that your boss is going to care about the way your opinion is presented online, you are mistaken. Somebody somewhere is beholden to stockholders where you work. Somewhere down the line. I guess unless you work at Moe's Dinets, Donuts or whatever, then most places are corporations. And sooner or later somebody's going to have an... If you cannot engage in discourse without going to insult, it's going to be a problem for you. I'm just telling you right now. Celebrity or not, it is going to be a problem for you. And then in the end, what we should all do is run screaming from this stuff and go back to enjoying our actual lives. And you know what? That's what I did mostly over the holiday weekend. And you know what I found out? I was happier. I went into my social media. I don't go zero dark 30 like LeBron because my job's not as important. But I go into post not read, meaning I'll post things on social media. Just I'm not reading it all weekend. And I was happier because the world's not as hate filled as Twitter and Facebook likes to tell you it is. It's not. But if you didn't think Roseanne was going to lose her job over what she tweeted, you're just in denial, and you just don't understand where we are. And conservatives, yes, I will agree, there is a double standard. There is, and that's wrong. But the liberals are better at this than you are. So get better at it and start fighting back the right way. Don't whine and cry. Otherwise, we're, they're just going to sit around and call you snowflakes. Get better at it. Get better organized at it. Fight legitimate causes and watch things level out. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8.30. We'll pass out those Slayer tickets. 
We normally do it Monday at 8, but Monday was Memorial Day, so I asked, and he has agreed. Scott from winningfornextyear.com has joined us at WFNY. Scott is how you follow him on Twitter. And Scott, let's just get straight into this, because I know the question on everybody's mind this morning, everybody curious, do the Vegas Golden Knights go up 2-0 in the Stanley (laughs) Cup final tonight? Of course I'm joking. Nobody even knows who the Las Vegas Golden Knights are playing in the Stanley Cup final, and if you don't know, that's perfectly acceptable. No, I, I don't know, but I am aware of the Golden Knights story. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy when you, when you think of what Cleveland has gone through on the expansion front and, uh, and what they're getting to deal with on the expansion front. Uh, that, you know, with, for, for a transient city like Vegas to uh, be able to support a team like this is pretty remarkable. I keep trying to tell people that, um, and, and I, I have had family who's lived in Vegas 15 years, so I have had stretches where I have lived in Vegas, and I have been there enough times to know. Like People making the argument to me that that, ta- that town won't care about professional sport because people aren't from there, I knew was crazy. They're selling out practices to the Golden Knights. Dude, when the Raiders get there, they're going to blow numbers out. Uh, dude, they're going to blow numbers through the roof when, when the Raiders get there. And I keep saying if baseball was smart, I'd put a franchise there and send Bryce Harper back home. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that kid who plays for the, the Blue Jays, who's pretty good, is, is from Vegas, too. And I would start sending stars home. I think all sports should be looking at Vegas as the new like land of milk and honey. But let's move forward to something people actually care about, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> and uh, I've said all year I didn't think the Cavs could win a title. And um, But what I will say is this, is that when you got the greatest player in the last 25 years on your team in a championship series that I don't think you can count them all the way out, and that I do think that there is a chance Cleveland wins, although I maintain I don't think it's all that big. What do you, how are you feeling going into this NBA Finals with the first game starting tomorrow night, 9 p.m.? No, I mean, the, winning a championship was always going to be tough just because of the Golden State Warriors. Right. Uh, that, that, with, with, with that team... And then it's not an indictment of the Cavs. Not at all. It's just an indictment. It's an indictment of the rest of the NBA. It's not that Cavs aren't good enough. It's just the, the the Golden State Warriors are the best franchise or best organization from a stretch of play standpoint that, that the league has ever seen. And it just so happens that it has to come at the same time as the best player in the last 25 years. You know, as, as everything you just said. Um, there, there, a lot of things have to go the Cavaliers' way. For for them to steal a game, I think, let alone let alone the series, uh, and I think the I think to, to tie back to your earlier statement about Vegas, I think the odds kind of reflect that. Um, opening odds are the toughest they've been in the last four years for this for this team against the Warriors. So, it just shows that the, the climb this year will be as steep as as any um, when you figure what what the Cavs are working with, the uncertainty surrounding Kevin Love, the lack of a, a true third option, and then clearly. The uh, you know the the megalith that is that is uh, the Golden State Warriors on the other side of the floor. Let me ask you this: Is there any chance the NBA loosens their uniform policy and allows LeBron James to wear the Marcus Smart backpack in the NBA Finals? <laughs> like I mean, dude, like the, the fact your tweets, by the way, at WFNY Scott about these guys being LeBron like defenders are ridiculous. When you look at how that guy was fouled, had to carry bodies to the hoop. I mean, dude, nobody can guard him. Still, fifteen years in, and nobody can guard him. Yeah, you know, every series. They, they, it, it, I haven't seen much of it this time around, um, largely because Andre Guadalla is very questionable. But every series, it seems like in the East, it's, the other team has it figured out. You know, it was, 
you know, the, the young kid OG in Toronto, this, it was, who was going to be the one to stop him. It was going to be, you know, that, you know, Toronto last year had, had geared up to stop him by you know, adding a bunch of players and they, they signed Serge Ibaka and they, everybody was going to have it figured out. And then Marcus Morris, the latest one said he's the best defender of LeBron this side of Kawhi Leonard, which, which may be true, but, you know, LeBron still shot 54% in the series and averaged 30 something points a game. And, and that, that image of Morris trying to drag him down by his shoulders from behind, that, that basket was also goaltended and still went in, um, you know, just to, to prove how, 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 you know, just not only indestructible, but just how powerful LeBron James is. And, you know, the Warriors just have a lot of players who can switch on defense and who can make things difficult for LeBron. But there's a big difference between making things difficult and stopping him. Switching on defense is uh, is an interesting point you bring up there because one of the things that I think went right for the Cavaliers at the end of the Boston series was Kevin Love not being on the floor on the defensive end and then opening up the Cavaliers' ability to make those switches onto different guys. Um, is there any update on what's happening with Kevin Love and his concussion protocol and what's going on there? Will he be available for game one? And will Ty Lue have to make adjustments to cover up for his defensive inefficiencies there? You know, I, it's, the NBA concussion protocol is a little bit different, it seems, than the NFL. We, we clearly don't talk about it as often because of the the nature of the sport. According to Ty, who spoke yesterday for a little bit, uh, Kevin is still in the protocol. But, you know, I don't know if he's in the, the late stages where they're trying to see how he feels the next morning. I don't know if he's undergoing a battery of tests to see how he reacts. Um, you know, the issue is he had a concussion earlier this year. And I think he had one towards the tail end of last year as well. So this is his third in the last 12 months or so, um, which, which I think is, is definitely worthy for, for concern. Um, you know, there, Kevin will have to be a big, big part of this series for the Cavs to, 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 to have any sort of success, let alone sustain, sustain success. And clearly, Jeff Green had a very good game, uh, game, you know, game seven against Boston, and clearly we tend to live in the moment a little bit. And, uh, you know, and think a lot of that is, is transferable. Um, but, you know, what Kevin will have to do is he's going to have to play the five in this series and, and, and keep and then allow Jeff to probably play the four would be my guess to, to keep LeBron off of KD at, at, at spurts. And Tristan will get his play. Um, and, and Tristan, you know, can match up decently with, with Draymond Green and can provide a lot of offensive rebounds. But they're going to need Kevin Love to, to play and, and not have to go to battle with, with Jeff Green or whomever trying to be your second-best option. Um, I, I don't think we'll hear much about him. I mean, they'll probably ask about him today. I don't know if he'll be available out there. Uh, I would suspect we'll hear something tomorrow, not, not long before tip-off. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Again, follow him on Twitter at WFNYScott. Um, I've said all year, as a matter of fact, I said before the season started that I believe LeBron James leaves the Cavaliers, and but I am also on record many, many times saying that Vegas sportsbooks normally have things pretty close to right. Odds-on favorite right now is the Cleveland Cavaliers retaining LeBron James. I still am going to disagree with Vegas and believe that he ultimately goes. I believe the Boston series and losing in the fashion that they will against Golden State will prove that he has to go and that he's further away from winning a championship than people want to believe. 
And um, but Vegas has the Cavs as the odds-on favorite. Now, I will say the one argument I've heard, Scott, is that that I believe maybe lends credibility to him saying is they're going to try to make a move for Kawhi Leonard, which I would like, and, and and I think that would be a good move. And B, this is the solid argument that Dan Gilbert does what LeBron wants. And another owner, while trying to seduce you, will tell you he's going to do what you want. But when push comes to shove, will you? When you already have proof Gilbert will, why maybe risk that? Now, that's a solid argument, and I think there's, there's real credibility in there. But I think as they're walking up to, what, the trophy ceremony in the thing, and LeBron like barely slaps his hand, like, dude, you can see it. There's problems here. What do you think happens with LeBron? I don't suspect they have the best uh, personal relationship. Um, you know, the, the business side of things may be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with that. You know, there, there's two th- there's, there's a couple of headwinds, I think, that the rest of the NBA has. Not a lot of teams have the space to sign him. Those that do are a train wreck, uh, like the Lakers, for instance. Um, you know, Houston, okay, there was a piece on, that came out yesterday, the day before. Let's hold on one second. Because without yes. the without the Cleveland Cavaliers, or I'm sorry, without LeBron James, the Cleveland Cavaliers would be a train wreck. And if he can take George Hill to the NBA Finals, can he take the mishmash of awful that the Lakers have to it? Not in I, I, you could argue not in the West. I okay, mean, that's a solid uh, argument. The you know the, 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 that's the thing. The East, you know, he, the East gives him a better chance at winning a title every year. I agree. Um, given 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 the construct of the league, so you you have that. I would agree with that. Um, the, the second part is if you if you think Houston would be a team that could use him clearly and that could push him over the top, they have a lot of gymnastics they have to go through to make that possible. Um, you know they still haven't resigned. They, you know Chris Paul's a free agent, which is a big issue, um, and then they have a lot of key players on that team, whether it's Trevor Ariza or Eric Gordon or whomever that were part of this run this year who would not be able to be a part of it next year. Now LeBron makes up for that. But the team construct would be much, much different. I think Cleveland is is the lead odds-on-wise because, one, they made it back to the finals. Um, two, they, he, he does have a player option that he could pick up here if he wants to kind of kick the can down the road a year, which which makes sense. Which I do think is uh, a but, possibility he does. I do. I wouldn't yeah, that. For a guy who thinks he leaves, I think that there is a possibility he does pick up the option for one more. Yeah, and three, he knows what he's dealing with here. It's home. The kids, kids are in high school now in Akron. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of comfort for a 33-year-old kind of, you know, father figure LeBron. He, he mentioned it the other day, and I think it was kind of overlooked. They, he was talking there. So he was asked about uh, how he views some of these runs differently now than he did earlier in his career. And, you know, he had mentioned, you know, he didn't, he didn't really think about marriage much when he was 18, 19, and now he's 33 and he thinks it's great. You know, there's a lot of things that he didn't have younger and that he, he valued when he was younger, a la 2010, when that he that he that he values differently now. So I'm not I'm not trying to you know read into it and say he's staying in Cleveland for sure, but I'm saying this is definitely a different LeBron James than it, than it was in 2010. And I think the the comfort and geography of things, plus the addition, the ability to kind of make a couple more bucks by kicking the can down the road and taking that player option, and then signing an even larger contract off that deal um, a, a year from now was is, is is certainly in the in the cards.
I would agree that I believe I, the player option is on the table, and I think maybe he picks it up maybe one more. Let's try one more. But in the end, I maintain that I do not believe that he does not end. I don't believe the LeBron I, James career ends without him in another jersey. Unless I believe that they win the title this year, there's a very good possibility he pulls up way earlier than people think, and he walks out a winner, and he walks away a champion. I think there is a possibility of that, and people are going to laugh at me and call me crazy. But again, this guy values things differently. He looks at things differently, and it's very easy for us to sit on the sideline and tweet about what's smart and what's not. But when you're actually that guy, I think the evaluation process is going to be different. I think if they miraculously pull this off, it's going to be seen as one of the greatest athletic feats ever. And it's probably a good time to pull up the career, and I hate to say it early in 16 years, but you know what I mean? But I think that there's a possibility maybe that happens. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, he doesn't look like a guy who's done to me, but you, know, you never know. Barry Sanders didn't either. Exactly right. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Normally with us Mondays at 8. We were off on Monday. He agreed to uh, amend his schedule. We appreciate that. We'll talk to you again next Monday, Scott. Take care, guys. Thanks. And again, follow Scott on Twitter at WFNY Scott, and we'll be right back with more Stansbury Show. And we have found the one woman in Canton, Ohio, you do not want to date. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansbury Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those Slayer tickets here momentarily. That show's June 7th Blossom. You're getting Slayer, Anthrax, Testament, and Behemoth. Wow, is that a good lineup. Yeah. That's a pretty damn good show right there. As I'm single, dating can be tricky. Picking up signals from people can be tricky. How do you date now? Do I just go straight to Tinder? Do I try to meet people in the bar? What do you do? D-picks. Just D-picks everywhere. That's that's how it works. I disagree. But one of the things that you got to worry about when meeting people, whether it be a man or a woman, no matter who it is you're trying to date, is who are they really? Because people lie about who they are in the beginning. Most relationship experts say, dude, you were on your first date best behavior for about 18 months, and then your guard starts to come down, and then you start to be who you really are. And one of the things that you'll worry about when trying to date somebody is, how are they going to react in, the, in, in an argument? Right? Because that's a big one. Mm-hmm. You don't really know who people are until you have like a, like a full blown out fight, right? And anymore, we are examining behavior in all situations, work, personal, wherever. And I would tell you that if you cannot resolve arguments without insult or physical altercations, that that is going to be an anchor on you and it will weigh you down and your life will not be as good as you want it to be. Yeah, and a lot of different aspects. I mean, if you're just automatically, you know, don't get me wrong, everyone everyone's going to have moments of it. But if that's your default is to just go to the jugular at all times, that's you're, you're having issues. You are now. I tell you that, and I set that up to tell you Jamie Gamble's story. Okay. And she is from here. Hall of Fame City. She is 39. Okay. Now, I believe before telling you what she did that this woman had been pushed to the edge. And I believe that this is not her reaction over one incident, that this is her being fed up with the same thing happening over and over again, and she went too far, versus I'm packing up my things and leaving you, this is going to happen 11 times, and then I'm going to do this. It's certainly not an excuse, because at the end of the day, you're still responsible for your decisions and what you do with your life, but that thought of like... Reasons cannot be excuses. Push them, push them, push them, push them, push them, and then wonder why, like, oh my God, why did this person blow up? Why did this person... You know, and it's like, well, dude, look at look at look at what happened here. 
So I tell you this because Jamie Gamble got herself in some trouble. Okay. She started fighting with her boyfriend. They did get confirmation that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. All right. The fight got physical. So much so that the cops needed to be called. Cops showed up, and now Jamie is being charged because she, in quotations now, did attempt to remove the victim's testicles from his body during a physical altercation. (laughs) Police said the attack caused the victim serious harm, obviously requiring some medical treatment. Now, as of right now, the reports I'm reading do not clarify whether or not a weapon was used. But a police will say that Gamble hit the victim in the face, which is the least of his worries. Yeah. She tried to remove his balls. Now, we know what happened here, right? Why is a woman going after your testicles? It's because you were taking them out in situations where you shouldn't have been. You were out there running around, getting loose with the zipper. And she has felt like, you know what? You've run around on me on the last time. Mm -hmm. You made me look a fool to my family and friends for the last time. Mm -hmm. And this happened. This is that's how it happened. A woman I don't believe cuts the ball sack open on you got caught once. No, right? but I mean I once again I think it's you know important to say here that like that's not okay. Like just because he's cheating on you, you can leave him, you can divorce him, you can walk away from him, but you can't chop his balls off. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Yes, that you should not <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Here's the question that I'm dying to ask the boyfriend. Okay, I have cheated on girlfriends in the past. Okay, now you think about those decisions. They don't just fall. I know everybody's like, "Wow, I had one too many Long Islands," and then next thing you know, we were in the backseat of the car. It doesn't happen like that. You weigh this stuff out mentally before you do it. You big fat liars. And what I think, don't you think that there's a thought process that goes, "If I get caught, what happens?" Yeah. Right. And normally, what you think is. Oh, she's going to get pissed. She might leave. And a lot of men, honestly, and a lot of women who cheat on their partner think, I can get caught and they're still not going anywhere because they love me. They're stuck with me. Right. Right? If it was ever even a thought that she's going to slice my testicles open, I'm not in that relationship. Right? Like, there had to have been red flags in the relationship where you thought she was capable of something awful like this, right? Yeah, I mean, this certainly was not the first physical thing that's happened here. So, but, dude, chopping balls off, I mean, that's a step pretty far. You can think, dude, she's going to wild out. She's going to start throwing stuff at me. Dude, she's going to scream at me. She's going to, you know, she's going to call me every name in the book. She might even swing on me. But, dude, chopping off, chopping off the boys right there, that's that's very concerning. How many times you got to cheat on a broad before she goes to testicle removal like it's at least a handful right i don't know or did you get caught with her mom like or something like dude these are special circumstances right i don't know isn't that that what happened with john bobbitt too is that you know he just kept skeezing on her kept skeezing on her got his dog chopped off that's what i'm saying cat doing it like that's what my that's my examination is i am obsessed with knowing how many times did you like what like what led up to this how many times do you got to get caught running around with your D before they go to testicle removal? Yeah, dude, if you think that your woman's capable of this, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be with somebody. But then again, who knows, dude? Who knows? That's what I'm saying. These moments of passion.
These moments of like, you son of a bitch. Apparently, all chopping off. Apparently, Fantone, police have responded to a variety of calls at their address. Shocker. Since last June. Who would have guessed it? And at least 10 reports have been filed by the Canton Police Department. The most recent had been May 17th when officers responded to a disorderly house incident after three calls over two days and arrested her on misdemeanor charges. So, dude, this guy, whoever this guy is. I mean, dude, he's like, he's like Canton's Lionel Richie. He's just getting smacked around in there. Somebody needs to help this guy out. Dude, imagine, here's the other aspect of this, and I don't mean to try to find a silver lining in domestic violence, but do you know the amount of sympathy Poon this dude could get if they if women find out he's the <sighs> testicle been removed, dude? I don't know. I mean, I don't may, know. it might have been a little bit better before the best radio show in the city was like, <laughs> he couldn't stop running around with his D out. I mean, I may have ruined it for him a little, but dude, I mean, the sympathy vagina tour, I think, could be pretty big. Jeez, I have made women angry. I once had a woman, honestly, when I was like 19, she tried to run me over with her car twice in the same day. That's how mad I made her, because I couldn't stop gambling. I couldn't stop betting sports, playing pool for money. I couldn't stop gambling. I made her so mad, she tried to run me over in the parking lot of a pool hall twice in the, in the same day, because she couldn't get me out of there. So I've made women angry, but I've never had a woman try to remove my testicles. That is bad news, Bears. All right. I saw Solo yesterday, the new Star Wars movie, and you know I got some thoughts. We'll wait through them after passing out these Slayer tickets. We'll take caller 25 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those and the Solo review next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. All week long, we'll pass out those Slayer tickets. Another, show's coming up, dude. June 7th, yeah. Yeah, the show's coming up. May's done. God damn, dude. Tomorrow's the 31st. Woo! Done. I want to thank uh, listener Stephanie, who sent me a Las Vegas Golden Knights shirt as uh, they go and play game two this evening. Game two is, and I hope that they win for the Stanley Cup. They play hockey, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Stephanie, for sure. Um, that, uh, I, I like... I don't care about the Golden Knights. I don't care about hockey. I tried to like hockey, dude. I really, really well, tried to. you lived to. in Hockey Town, Detroit. When I did, and it was like, you know, like the program director's like, no, dude, just pretend. Like, you can do it. Like, and I kind of had to pretend like I like the Red Wings, but I just couldn't get into it. But the Golden Knights, dude, it's a pretty cool logo, I feel like. That cool seems logo, like a cool, cool like, yeah. I don't know why they had to be the Golden Knights. Just make them the Knights. I didn't okay. I didn't like Golden Knight. That seems like, a, that seems like a, you know, a push there. Um, but... Hockey's like baseball for me. I like going. I love being there. You're probably going to catch me like back and forth between that and TBS on TV with it, but it is a Vegas thing. I kind of feel like Vegas is, well, it is my second home, and so I'm just kind of pulling for it for that. Is it like, is Vegas like the Golden City or something? Is there some sort of tie-in to I'm Vegas? Sure the or... gold, I mean, like it's the Golden Nugget. I'm, okay. You know what I mean, out there. So I'm sure there's something that goes along with it. It just sounds... The nights would have been cooler. Golden City like sounds like a Chinese buffet to me. So like I don't know if that's what Las Vegas is called, but I, that's you're right. That is weird. Why not just call them the nights? Did Ambien make you say that? Jeez, Chase. Obviously kidding. So yesterday morning, we were off yesterday, and it was our last day uh, for the holiday weekend. And I wanted to wait until the last day to do it. I kind of wanted right. to have this be my bow on my uh, on my holiday weekend. 
right? Friday starting with my birthday, and then yesterday being the last day, and I was like, all right. So I decided to go see the new Han Solo movie, Star Wars, yesterday morning, 9.30, up here, up on uh, on the strip here. What's it called? Star Wars, a Han Solo it's movie, or what is it? Solo, a Star Wars story, I believe, is was the name of it. Star Wars, one of the problems I'm having with them recently is these, like, it's a Star Wars story, a Star Wars tale, a Star Wars, and it's like, dude, I know it's Star Wars, bro. You can right. just call it. <laughs> like, what it, is it? It could just be this. Yeah. Right? Okay. I would agree. Okay. So, before I tell you anything, I got a little resentful on my way to the theater Okay. To the audience a little bit. Stan's getting pissed here, all right. Because you've kind of put me in a position where I have to like things now because there's this sentiment out there that I just hate everything. And that if you don't like something, oh, you're just a hater. I didn't like I don't care for the Avengers movie, so you Oh, well, Stansbury, you hate everything. Which, by the way, again, something else I'm going to recommend to you is the most hated woman in America on Netflix, just to prove I don't hate everything. That movie's all about the pen, not action, and therefore I liked it a lot, right? The most hated woman in America on Netflix, really, really good. So I felt a little resentment going to the theater where it's like, dude, I almost have to like this movie. Otherwise, people are going to, A, think I'm trashing it just to trash it, or B, maybe they're a little bit right where I'm just guilty of just hating on everything, right? So then I get to the theater, and I had bought my tickets prior, and... um. And everything was going well. And then a guy and a woman show up right as the movie credits are starting and put five, five kids under the age of 10 in the row right in front of me. And I think to myself, there is no way five kids under the age of 10 make it two hours well behaved. Hell no, dude. Hell no. Well, they did. Really? They did. Shocked. Whoever that was sitting in front of me yesterday, I was in the very last row of the theater, 930 up on the strip in in North Canton. Congratulations, parents. Both of you were there, which is ultimately why I think your kids were (laughs) well-behaved, because you both were there. Well done. You are obviously excellent parents. Now, 930 in the morning, dude, that's probably a first showing of the day for anything, I would assume. I'm surprised there was something before 10. Was it busy? Was it crowded? Was It it... It was not busy, but there were more people in it than I thought would have been there at 9.30 in the morning. Okay. Okay, But it wasn't so busy that I felt like, why am I doing this? Because that's my problem with the theater. The experience is great. Nice, big, comfortable chairs, screens huge, super loud, it's dark in there. All that's great. It's all of you that make the theater not great. Right. The theater experience is awesome. So there wasn't a lot of people there. So the movie starts, and I wanted to nitpick. And partially, from the moment the movie starts, you get it. It's like, all right, female empowerment. I get it. We're trying to overcorrect the steer. Hollywood's been bad about females in in sci-fi movies forever, so we're going to correct it. We're going to overcorrect it with every movie that comes out now. And it was a little obnoxious from the onset of the movie, right? And then you kind of deal with the guy who plays Solo, and I wanted to nitpick him. But then I just sat back in my chair and I thought to myself, why you're going to do that is twofold. A, primarily, it's about the fact that you learned to love Empire Strikes Back and Han Solo when you were a kid. So nothing's going to stack up. Right. Right? So set that aside. Right. Two, Harrison Ford went on to be a legitimate A-list actor after having done a space movie. Space movies. He went on to be one of the greatest actors of his generation. 
So to expect this kid to stack up on an acting level is a little crazy because he's probably the odds of him becoming a Harrison Ford are not good. Much like if you're playing in your garage band this afternoon in North Canton, the chances of you becoming a Venge Sevenfold are not good. Yeah, it doesn't mean that like, yo, your band is the worst band ever, but getting to a Venge Sevenfold status is probably a little harder to do than you think. Um, it's hard not to automatically go into things as nitpicky, and I know you're not trying to be a curmudgeon and like you're not trying to be like, dude, I hate everything just because I hate it but there is a little bit of us nowadays and i'll raise my hand on this one where it's like you automatically go to criticism as the default where it's like even stuff i like pro wrestling where it's it's, it's, right as soon as something's on i'm like oh nope i would have done this differently i didn't like this right here and it's like dude shut up and enjoy what you enjoy this isn't even like dude you're sitting here like my girlfriend's making me watch some crap no this is what i want to watch what i'm pressing play on and still as soon as it comes on i'm like nope Nope, nope, not good enough. So I understand why you had to, like, check yourself there. You do. So checking all that balance out, I loved it. Really? Loved it. Really? Loved it. We'll see it again in the theater. Wish I could go tonight. I actually have a meeting tonight that makes that unavailable to me. But I've texted two other people who haven't seen it. I did it yesterday. I said, look, if you guys are going to wait a couple of more days to go see it, I'll totally go. I want to go. want to see it in the theater again. And we'll own the Blu-ray the day it comes out. Now, that's important for no other reason than this. That, again, here's how you know I'm telling you the truth. Because I hated The Last Jedi. Tried to watch it twice at my house, shut it off both times, can't do it. Because it's not a very good movie. Now, I believe... Now, again, there's the other thing. People were like, look, man, Deadpool did bigger numbers. Okay, well, last week I said there's been a changing of the guard and these comic book movies would do bigger numbers than Star Wars. Star Wars also did $83 million over three days. Not exactly a failure, although it feels like that's the way people are reporting it, which seems crazy. And I said from the onset that I believe The Last Jedi not being good would lead to poor numbers for Solo. I'm not going to ruin the movie for you. I'm not going to tell you what happens. I will say this. He flies the Millennium Falcon a lot less than you think he would for his movie. But again, it's the, it's the onset story. He's kind of telling you how um, he acquired this from Lando. They do. They go all the way into it. And by the way, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian nails it. Really? And I mean nails it. He totally sells you on the smooth... You know, gambler, um, pimp, kind of strong, like that kind of thing, can smooth with the language. He nails it. Donald Glover nails Lando and actually has me totally excited for the Lando movie. I'm all in. They pulled me all the way back in with this movie. I'm now very excited to see the Boba Fett movie, and I'm now very excited if they decide to do the Obi-Wan movie. That they pulled me all the way back in. So, well, to, to, to put it all, to wrap it all up for you, Rogue One, the reboot of of a Force of the Force Awakens. Right? No, that was or whatever. The, a New Hope, the reboot of a New Hope. Excellent. Rogue One, good, not great. Good, not great. Last Jedi, despicable, awful, an abomination on film, and should have never been in the series. And after now seeing Solo, it's even more evident than ever before. I will tell you that when you are in Solo, you do realize why there there were two directors. There were things where it was like, why are you doing that? And it was like, oh, yeah, because you had to because it was already shot. But Ron Howard pulled it out of the fire. And, of course, a great director who has made a ton of great movies was able to salvage it and make a really, really good movie.
I'm not going to call Solo great, but it was really, really good, and it was better than I thought it was going to be after seeing The Last Jedi that in, in a movie that I thought was horrific. I thought that movie was horrific. So my expectations, and I always say this, expectations will decide happiness for you. My expectations weren't all the way through the roof. As a matter of fact, Solo kind of felt like an afterthought because of Deadpool 2, because of the Avengers. It didn't feel, Star Wars doesn't feel like the big franchise anymore. So there was a little bit of me going into it like, this is probably not going to be that good. And it, I'm not going to say it blew me away, but it was good enough where I will see it in the theater at least once more, probably twice, and I will own the Blu-ray when it comes out. Very very well done, and the kid plays a decent Han Solo for a younger generation growing up today. If your kids are even remotely interested, take them to see Solo. It gets two thumbs up from me. The last hour of the program, next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRKK.com. Happen to miss my review of Solo, two thumbs up. If you're a Star Wars fan, go see it. Right. Series kind of redeemed itself after The Last Jedi, which I thought was a horrible movie. Right. Pretty damn good there. I saw this, and uh, somebody actually sent it to me over the weekend, too, because I sing the praises of Oregon a lot. Um, I believe it is the most beautiful place I have ever lived. It's got the best scenery of any state, any, any place I've ever lived. Oregon, hands down. Now, some of the stuff that happens there can be a little tricky, and the state is very separate. Like, you you will paint the brush, you will paint Oregon with the brush of Portland. The entire state is not Portland. I wish more people would open their eyes up to those facts of, well, they vote that way in the, in the national election, and every four years, it's, so they're, everyone there is a Democrat and nah, retard. And it's it, like, dude, are you serious? It's not. Honestly, where I lived is more like New Philadelphia than it is like Portland. I um, And, and, and people who are like, everyone in Texas, just this big cowboy belt buckle wearing, well, shooting, and it's like, dude, not everyone. <laughs> dude, well, the biggest one's California. Not all of them. California, just a bunch of libtards. Who do you think's living in those mansions in Orange County? It's the CEOs of the companies who are all Republican. That's who's living in Orange County, so it's not all of California. Like you're right, we, we do that wide. Now I do that because this story kind of does drive home the message of the kind of city that Portland is, and the kind of uh, you know the people who hate on cities like that. You're right; these are the kind of places that do this. Okay. Okay. And in Portland, Oregon. Organizers put on the Reparations Happy Hour. They invited black, brown, and indigenous people, which are massively, I don't want to say popular. Let's rephrase that. Let's say that a better way. (laughs) But um, Native Americans are a very big portion of the Oregon population. Very big. Very, very big, right? And so they invited black, brown, and indigenous people to a bar and then handed them $10 bills as they showed up, claiming that it is a small but symbolic gift, mostly that had been funded by white people. These were donations given by white people who then were asked not to attend the event. You fund it, but you don't go to it. This was a reparations happy hour. Brown Hope, a local activist organization in Portland, wanted the event and put it on, and it was held on Monday. And uh, it was to be a space for people of color in a mostly white city to meet one another, discuss policy issues, and plan on future potential action. Now, I don't know what the racial breakdown of Portland is. 
you might, yeah, my guess is it's probably mostly white. Although, again, like any other major city, it's going to be a little bit more of a melting pot than like the outskirts. Yeah, I, I, I think it's fair to say a vast majority of cities within the country, uh, whichever one you pointed out, is going to be majority white just because it's mostly white people in the country. So that's not too crazy. Um, and you, you got to think that you know those areas, Portland. You know, like you say, it's in the middle of what is for the most part the rest of it's like you know wooded. You know. Essentially, a castle in a cornfield is what I'm trying to say here. So, of course, that's, that's exactly going, right. That's going to be a, a a drawing point for for people to come to. Yes, there, as a matter of fact, I have a young friend who lives in Portland, Oregon now. Her name is Catherine, but she grew up in the town where I lived, and she will tell you that one of the reasons she moved four hours north is because where she lived was a little bit more backwards in the thinking and the mentality, and she wanted to be more towards more progressive people, so okay. she moved to Portland. That's part of what young people do. They go seek out other young people. Right. They now they say this is obviously far from the full scale reparations that some people are, are seeking as uh you know penance for slavery. Cameron Witten is a twenty seven year old activist who organized helped organize the event, said there was one similarity though. He said it did make attendees feel as if their pain were valued and understood. Says it was only $10, but when I saw them, I saw their eyes light up, he said. What I saw there was people felt like they were finally seen. Well, I can't tell people how they feel. And I'm not going to try to tell people how they did feel over this. But I think that this is, this is, I don't want to say wrong, but it, it, this doesn't help you. And, and, and I think why. If, if, if the goal is, is to ease the tensions of racism in this country, then I think getting people together and not separating you and not separating the crowds of people, you know what I mean, and keeping this you know, solely for this or solely for that is more the way to go. Now, you could make the argument that if, if you invited the white people who donated the money, that they, they're not the white people that need to be invited because they obviously think that they, there's enough white guilt out there. They should donate this money. Fine. There's an argument in there somewhere. I don't necessarily agree with it. I also know this, that had this not been a Brown Hope is the name of their group. And had a bar just said they were going to do this, it would have been perceived very, very differently. I, I, I believe that. And it would have been sold to you as this. So you think reparations for slavery is two drinks, you skeezy bar owner? That's how that would have been received. I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I know there's some people who are going to say, well, it doesn't even exist anymore. But like racism is a very, very complex thing. And to look at it as one thing is going to take care of this issue is insanity to me. I think anything so big and racism is probably in there with a couple of other isms and a couple of other issues that we have in the country. I don't expect these problems to be taken care of while I'm alive. You know what I'm saying? I got another 50 years on this planet if I'm lucky. And and, and I don't expect these things to be taken care of. Well, while especially I'm alive. when you think it was not that many more than 50 years ago when we had separate drinking fountains. I mean, right, dude. Civil so, rights there was 50 years ago. So things move slowly. So I think what if, and I can expand on your point, I believe is that what you expect to see is strides, not solutions. Yes. I mean, that's essentially all we can come up with at this point. And, and we've talked about it in, in a million different contexts here of like, there's no silver bullet to this. There's no None. one thing that's going to work and just be like, all right, well, racism's all over and that's fine. That's the end of it. Um, can I point at this and say to do I think this was the best usage of their time? 
time, efforts, and energy. No, I don't think this was the best thing. I don't think this is fixing racism. But at the end of the day, it's no skin off my ass. You know what I'm saying? If you want to go spend your $10 and throw it at whoever you want to, and that's what makes you feel better about you being a person, whatever. What do I always say about this kind of stuff? If I don't feel like I lost and somebody else feels like they win, then go with God. Right? As long as I don't feel like I lose. And I don't feel like I lost anything here. Now, I want to cut this off at the pass before it comes. And I know it's coming. I can feel the Twitter keyboards coming up. You know, if all white people got together and were to exclude this. If you don't know what the difference in those two things is, then we do need reparation happy hours. Then we do need it. People think that, though. If you don't know what the difference in, in, in there is... Now, I don't believe I, the reparations part is what makes me. It's like, guys, this is a pretty awful black eye for this country to believe, to say black velvet and ginger ale is going to turn it around. It feels a little crazy. Um, yeah, but but you bring up well, there was an easier joke to make there, America, and I didn't do it. <laughs> there was an easier joke. There was a way just, easier just joke there, there America, and there. I didn't do it. Colt forty five, just sitting there. Just smack me um, in the face. But but you can say that like, well, there's going to be people who don't understand the difference of those two things, but like we just had to talk about how calling black people monkeys and calling Donald Trump an orangutan are two different things. So there's definitely people out there who are going to have a point of contention there where it's like, no, if it's one, it's the other. If it's, you know what I mean? People are going to bring that point up. There are not. Yes, there are, but it doesn't mean that they're right. Eric saying, I believe the word you're searching for regarding reparations. Happy hour is patronizing or maybe even pandering. And that's the way it feels to him. And Eric, you're right. I believe those are the terms I was kind of looking for. And it does kind of feel that way to me. And if, if, yeah, I just, I don't like it. Like I said, if a bar owner just said, Hey, here's what we're going to do. You would have, this would have been perceived and received as skeevy, but because it was a group doing it this way, and it just seems very strange to hold people out. If anything, I would try to get people together, get them talking, airing out of real things, maybe over a beer here and there, and maybe you find out what we always talk about, which is the news has us all convinced that we all hate one another, but if you go over your neighbor's house on Friday night and play cards, you're going to find out you're way more alike than you are different. It's just, this is a very interesting thing, and when I read it, I was like, of course this is Portland, Oregon. Of course it was. If you've ever been there, you know why my eye roll and my voice is as hard as it is. So, there is a video game that's coming out, I believe it might even be out, that has everybody up in arms and everybody willing to give up their First Amendment right for a little bit of safety. I'm going to tell you why it's crazy, next on Rock 106. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. All week long, we'll have Slayer tickets. Another opportunity at those tomorrow morning. Again, I want to thank uh, a listener of ours who sent me a Las Vegas Golden Knights shirt as the Game 2 Stanley Cup Finals this evening. Gold, uh, the Golden Knights up one game to nothing. I, uh, I hope it happens, dude. I, as somebody who doesn't care about hockey, it's a good story. And we were talking with Scott from Waiting for Next Year about it. And you're like, dude, Vegas would support sports teams. If Cleveland can have three, Vegas can have three, right? Oh, God. I mean, if Cleveland can support three, it always blows me away that Cleveland has three. Now, that's probably because, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was a different world. But, like, yeah, but Pittsburgh doesn't. Three? Well, Cleveland, Pittsburgh's got oh, yeah, Steelers. They do. Yeah, they do. I forgot. P- P- Pirates and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and Pens, right? They don't there. have basketball, which is always what makes me think they don't have three. But it's just like, if, if, if Cleveland and Las Vegas certainly has, has, the, has the power well, there. Well, not only that, who do you think goes to Las Vegas? It's the people who live in Cleveland. It's the people who live in Pittsburgh. It's the people who. So, what? What do you think they're going to do? 
hey, we can go see our team play on the road, and it's a city mm. we would want to be in anyway. Ooh, that would be cool if you you know you're, you're going to Vegas anyway, and you can go catch a Cavs game there. Wouldn't yeah. that be awesome? <laughs> be great. No reason not to do it. So there's something that well, I guess is, was scheduled to come out next week, but there's a petition out there to stop it right now. Okay. And before even telling you what it is, I agree. It's despicable. And I wouldn't want my name on it. But there's a new video game called Active Shooter. Okay? And it puts the player in the first-hand perspective of an actor, active shooter scenario, meaning you are the assailant. Right? Now, it's not the first time, obviously, gun violence has been in games. Welcome to Call of Duty, the most right. popular thing probably on video game platforms or games in that vein. I, you know what I mean? I don't know which one's more popular now, but they're all, a lot of video games are gun based. Yeah, it's not just gun based. I mean, first person shooter is a thing. Like, that's a type of game, a very specific style of, of, of game, right? Yeah. So it's not like, oh, well, maybe it's got a little bit of gunplay in it. It's called a first person shooter. Okay. There is a uh, there's a petition to stop active shooter from coming out. It's got seventeen thousand signatures. As when this article was written, I'm sure it's probably more. Uh, the game was meant to be played as a SWAT team member during a school shooting. Um, so I I had my facts a little wrong here. You're not actually the one going through the school and shooting the students. I think you can do either. Oh, is that right? You can do so, both. Yeah, okay, you can do both. Here. So you can do both. Which again, versatility is part of video games, and um, it's what ends up making them worth the money. Is the more game you get for the money, the better um, the game going to be. Now, I would agree the game is not suitable for children. But again, much like these comic book movies and Star Wars movies, to make the uh, to make the statement that they're solely made for children is crazy. The video game industry is too big, billions of dollars. There's professional leagues now. This is not a chi- this is not a children's entertainment forum anymore. Yeah, it's just silly. not. That's silly. It's just not. And I think the idea of an active shooter game surrounding school shootings is despicable and gross. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be on shelves to buy. And if you're the kind of person who thinks that this should not be on the shelf to buy, and I and 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 because of like the seriousness of it, I'll grant you it's a serious nature. But you know what you sound like to me? You sound like Jerry Falwell on my TV telling me how convenient shouldn't be able to sell Playboy because it's taking America to hell in a handbasket. Now you think that argument's ridiculous, right? And so do I. And that's kind of what you sound like with this. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely make the argument of, well, I don't find that appropriate. Like, that's inappropriate. You shouldn't be doing that. But I think I can make the same argument about, like, well, I feel that way about World War II games, where it's like, dude, those are honest-to-God American heroes that were, you know, they fought for their lives, fought for our country, and now you want to make a game out of it. And it's like, well, is that... Nobody's going to give me any clearance on that. They're going to be like, no, dude, what are you talking about? Dude, it's World War II games. I want to go shoot Nazis. And it's like, well, yeah, of course you should be able to, but... But there's a million different arguments I can make against this where it's like you when it's when you feel like it's okay, Well, yeah, I can shoot people. It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect me. As soon as you feel like, nope, that's a little too far. You're going to take it away. And you're right. That is that's hypocrisy at its finest right there. This is one of those things where you got to understand that what freedom means is that I have it, too. Freedom isn't nice. Freedom is messy. Because what that means is, is that I have the right to do what I want too. I have the right to make this game. Now, look, if you don't want the game sold, I or, or you don't want to buy it, I'm on your side. As a guy who likes video games, who was playing first-person shooters yesterday, I don't necessarily want to support this. 
how I guess, you know, obviously school shootings are a very hot thing right now. It's a very like, you know, strongly felt thing right now. And obviously we're all very anti school shooting. I don't think anyone is, is going to. But when does this become like a movie? When does this become, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and is there going to be a line of anything here? Because it's like, all right, well, I want to have a school shooter game. What if I want to have a Holocaust game where I'm literally like, like, like shoving Jews in the oven? Or I want to have a slavery Oof. game where I'm whipping slaves. And, you know, something just, just unbelievably grotesque. Well, here's the thing. You know what's crazy about that? Is that as I argued for this game and the ability to sell it, and all my points are valid. I would argue against a slavery the game. Slavery game a little too far. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And I would be guilty of what these people are guilty of, which is sacrificing some of my First Amendment right over what I don't think is okay. And because I think it's wrong to do it. But again, that's not all right. And again, if you value your First Amendment right, go home today, watch on Netflix, The Most Hated Woman in America. And because and by the way, I'll tell you, it's all about it's all about school prayer. The woman won. And again, this goes to show you how how slow things move. That was 1963, I believe it was, when we stopped having school prayer. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. These wars are being fought in sooner times than we realize. And that is a, that's an interesting examination of that, Fantone, because I, not that I want an active shooter game. I don't want an active shooter high school game. But I do believe in the developer's rights as an American and as a business owner. What do I always say? Let a business be who they are. And we'll decide whether or not if it's something we need. But yet, if you were to do a slavery game, I'd be like, what the hell's the matter with you? And yet, I don't believe a developer would rush to do it. I don't, as a matter of fact, I think developers would run in the opposite direction of doing it as not to be linked to it. Yet, when there's money here, they're willing to risk it with this, which is crazy. I think it's one of those things that, you know, you as a as a individual are going to have your own decision to make. There's no question about that. Do I think all three of those ideas are absolutely terrible? Yeah, but if I'm going to stand on the side of like, well, you have your right to do what you want to do, especially in this as an art form, because that's what it truly is. I mean, like, it's no different than writing a story, than writing a song, than making a movie or it's, anything it, like that. That's what video games are, essentially. So, They're movies you can play. I can't, I can't, I can't take the right of you the video game maker away because I can't take the movie makers right away. The songwriters, you know, rights away. And I will tell you, part of this is selfish because I want the movies I want and I want the games I want. And if I allow people to drag us to this place where we won't allow things to be made, then sooner or later it's going to come for something I want. And that's not okay with me that I want to be able to buy what I want to buy and I want to be able to play what I want to play. And more importantly, I want to be able to see what I want to see. And again, if you're arguing against this stuff, you sound like 1985 Jerry Falwell to me, where selling Playboy inconvenient is going to lead to the destruction of America. Now, maybe what you're doing is driving around looking out your window right now and going, <laughs> well, dude, Falwell might have been on it. He might have been on to something there, Sansbury. Now, there's, there's a legitimate argument in that, and that's a different conversation. And luckily, I don't have enough time to have. <laughs> and tell you how wrong I was. We'll wrap up the program next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of it. Online for you at WRQK.com. So much of this uh, program today was made of Twitter gaffes by um, people like Roseanne. Mm-hmm. A little bit tomorrow on the program. Demarius Randall, too. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow on the program, we're actually going to get into some Twitter uh, gaffes by a guy who works uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. That got a little interesting. But before we get out of here for the day, Fantone, let me know. 
that another celebrity over the weekend had a little bit of a Twitter gaffe. Now, this one not quite as incendiary as what happened with Roseanne. This one more funny. Yeah, still a little ridiculous, though. So over the weekend, um, Hulk Hogan, you know, he, uh, he's got his own Twitter, brother, and uh, talking like much of brother. Uh, and so he, he puts up a picture of the Hulkster and um, Bam Margera, formerly of uh, Jackass and Bam's whatever the hell that show was called with Don Vito or whatever. And so he, Hogan puts this like, listen, brother, you know, it's been so many years you've been gone and and, and the world's a darker place and I wish I could just have one more, one more, you know, hang out with you, my brother, R.I.P. Bam Margera, gone too soon. And then like five minutes later, he puts up this post that says, whoops, Got my guys confused. Uh, got Bam confused for Ryan Dunn. My bad, HH Hulk Hogan. So it's just like, dude, you go on this, like, man, I wish my friend was still alive. And he's there, dude. He's alive. He's fine. Well, Ambien tweeting. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Dude? Okay. You, you take Ambien and you tweet. That's what happens. That was Roseanne's excuse. Which, by the way. Yeah. How bad does Ambien want to separate themselves from that? Well, but here's the thing, though. And like you said, Ambien's been a part of, like, murder, murder trials. Yeah, so there's probably a little bit of them that's like, well, dude, I mean, nobody's dead, right? I mean, like, I mean, like we don't have a dead body on us right now. Dead careers laying I mean, in the something, wake of that. Something just, just, just dead careers care. laying in the wake of that. You got any big plans for today, buddy? No, man. No, I can't believe today's over, dude. I mean, and I know it's easy coming into the work week on a Wednesday, but like tomorrow's Thursday, bro. Like our day, like we're almost done with it all. Like it, time to kick back, relax. Dude, maybe take Friday off, right? <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Dude, I got to tell you, these three-day work weeks are nice. Smart, dude. Smart. I, uh, I, I Now, I don't want to say that out loud because there's the, the, that article has been floating around, right? If you're over 35, maybe a three-day work week is what you need. And it's like, Jesus Christ, look at these people looking to like just shove us out of the workplace. <laughs> You get one gray hair and people are like, it's over. It's over, dude. You can't do anything. You're not qualified to do anything, you gray-haired loser. It's like, Jesus, man. I, I, I think I can obviously work all five days, but I would prefer three if we yeah. could get that done. I mean, if you're going to pay me for three, right? Right. I mean, dude, if I'm only getting three-fifths of a paycheck here. What am I doing throwing these other two days in for free for? What the hell am I doing that for? Aside from that, we are done probably maybe for a chance for a little longer than we would like after that last part. We are done for the day. If you missed anything, you'll be able to podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. We will speak to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great day. See ya. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9.